Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a certified brand strategist and business coach. You might be wondering, why the second phase? The second phase may be a change in careers and learning how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship, a significant lifestyle change, going from stay-at-home parent to starting a business, a traumatic loss, a move, or an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition, you are here to discover your second phase. Learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact to grow as your authentic selves and follow your callings, values, visions, and passions, and to learn how to build a solid foundation for long-term brand and business success. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. You ready to learn? Grab your coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Second Phase Podcast. I have a very special guest with me today, and I know I say that about every guest, that they are special and I'm excited to have them. But this woman is actually a former client of mine and I helped her establish her brand. And through my Build a Brand program, we actually launched her business for her and she is killing it. She is working full time in a corporate role while building this side gig that is flourishing and becoming something to be recognized. She is having so much success and we're going to dive into how she's achieving that, what her goals and dreams are, but most importantly, that balance of juggling two careers at one time, but doing so, so successfully, what tools she's using, how she's growing her audience and all the things that kind of accompany that journey of building your dreams and who you really are, but living in the moment at the same time. So without further ado, Stephanie Ritz, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Robin, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. It's so great to catch up with you and be on your podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. It's funny because you reached out to me at one time and you said, I don't know why I didn't think of this sooner, but could I be on your podcast? And I'm like, yes, let's do this. Because first of all, we had a great relationship when we were working together and it was such a joy to just watch you build. And when you came to me, you had ideas, you knew what your aspirations were and you knew the direction you wanted to go. But it was so fun to walk you through all those little nuances of starting your own business and building your personal brand and all the assets that went along with that. So it's a project that I am so proud of because just watching you grow and seeing your success, the listeners know that I stalk everybody that's on the show, but stalking you is even more fun because I get to see your images that I created and I get to see just exactly what working with us has done for you. So. I'm just thrilled to have you. And I'm so, so thrilled with all the success that you're having. So Stephanie, will you just tell the listeners a little bit about your journey, where you are as far as working in corporate and then what your side gig is and how you are changing lives for other women? Yeah. Thank you so much, Robin. So Last year, I think a lot of us had a time of self-reflection during COVID, and it was no different for me. I spent a lot of time at home, and through a lot of just introspection and what was really important to me, I really discovered my purpose in wanting to support women to grow in their career. 
And, you know, I, like you said, came to you with all of these ideas. I had a business plan together. I knew exactly what I wanted to do, but I had to bring it to life and the branding and imagery and all of those things I knew were important and definitely not my wheelhouse. So I reached out to you to kind of help get the ball rolling. And with your team of people, I mean, it was amazing how quickly we're able to get my vision of how I wanted to show up and support women onto the actual webpage and out into the world. And it's been amazing. So I've really pivoted my initial thought process on how I wanted to work with clients as I actually started working with them and realizing where their needs were. So I'm a career strategist and mindset coach. So I really help women to determine whether they're going to grow in their corporate career or go and build their own seat. So my passion really came from 15 years in corporate leadership and seeing the challenges that are unique to women in that space. You know, I was working for an organization that had 10 white men in the leadership room and one black man. And so the lack of diversity really hit home for me, not just in the race, but also in the fact that there was not one female on that leadership team. And, you know, I, I really was like, something needs to change here. And if not me, then who? I have a passion for this. I really want to see women rise. It's something that I've always done throughout my career. So that's where Claim Your Career's initial idea came from. And actually, as I started getting clients and working with women, I realized that their sense of accomplishment, success, and freedom was really different for everyone. And this is my second business. So I already had a lot of business foundation experience. And in my corporate job, it's business operations. So I had a lot of knowledge going into this on what you would need to do to start a business. And uh, certainly a component of that is knowing what you don't know and outsourcing it to the right people to help you bring it to life. So that's where we started working together. So through my journey of working with clients, I created this program to grow or go. And it's been incredible working with women who realize, yes, corporate is for me. I love the benefits. I love the security of time and place. And although I say there's never security in corporate job because there's always the option to be let go, but there does bring a different sense of stability in having that steady paycheck, the benefits of healthcare and PTO and all of those things that you don't get as a business owner. And some women just need that extra support and really that mindset and confidence coaching to get them to that C-suite level. So that's the grow part, getting people into the C-suite and taking their seat at the table with confidence. But for others, that's not their journey. They were made to be entrepreneurs. They're excited to do something on their own. But a lot of them don't have the business foundation understanding of what that actually means. And what does it mean to actually run your own business? Because a lot of people don't go from being the CEO in corporate to being the CEO of their own company. And there's a lot of transition that goes through that process emotionally, mentally, and physically. So I really help them get clear on why they want to be an entrepreneur, what this business means to them, because having a strong sense of why is what will get you through all the day-to-day -day challenges of being an entrepreneur. And we put together a transition plan and business plan to make sure that it makes sense. And we're doing it in a timely fashion that makes sense for what they want to accomplish and making sure that they have everything in place to step out of their nine to five with confidence. I love that so much. And I think, you know, you touched on something and the CEO mindset is different for a CEO in corporate than someone who is the CEO of their entrepreneurial journey. And I think there is overlap, definitely, because you have leadership roles and everything else. But so many of us, when we become an entrepreneur, 
we try to do it all. So what you said about realizing what your zone, being in your zone of genius, doing those things that are in your wheelhouse and hiring out for the things that are not in your wheelhouse really can determine whether or not you're going to be successful. And it's hard, I think, for some of us, especially when we're starting out and we're on a budget to make the decisions to invest in ourselves. And I, you know, I hear it all the time, but it's like, well, if you really want this, can you afford not to invest in yourself and your business? Because if you don't upfront, you're just going to keep backpedaling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was the best investment that I made in starting my business and making sure that the things that I knew that I personally couldn't do, it just isn't my expertise that I was seeking support of someone to help me get those foundations going. And that is the benefit of starting a business while in your nine to five, you have those financial resources to invest. Tony Robbins, someone that I highly respect in the coaching world, says something that I completely disagree with. He says, burn the boats so you have no choice but to succeed. I think that's a great concept in theory, but a lot of people don't have the confidence to really go after their goals and their dreams if they're constantly having that lack of abundance mindset and chasing the next dollar. So fiscal responsibility and making sure that that's part of your transition plan is something so crucial. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I agree with you because I think if you set yourself up for success, you need to have a positive mindset. You can't go into it thinking, well, where's the next dollar going to come from? How am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to pay the mortgage? Oh my gosh, what if somebody gets sick? How are we going to pay for that? We don't have healthcare insurance now. And your mind just constantly goes to those worries, those negative thoughts. And when that happens, I mean, we know our thoughts create our results. So how can you launch yourself into success or move the needle forward if you're constantly thinking of the what? ifs or those negative thoughts that are going to, they're literally going to hold you back in that place of procrastination. Yeah, absolutely. Mindset is everything. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about that. I would love to have your perspective on the CEO mindset for an entrepreneur. What does that entail? What should our thoughts be like? Like, how do we manage those thoughts? Give us some info. Give us the nitty gritty on that. Yeah. So, I mean, it really does mean so many things, but I think the first thing that people don't realize when you become an entrepreneur is now you're the one who has to make the decisions and you're the one who has to create your schedule to actually sit down and work. There's nobody telling you, here are your hours, here are the decisions you need to make. Um, it's just you. There is nobody else unless you're going into your business with a partnership that's going to guide your decision-making every day on what you actually need to do to grow your business. So. I think one of the first things that people should do is realize that you are not alone and seek the support that you need from other entrepreneurs, not people that are just trusted people in your life. If they're not an entrepreneur, they truly won't understand what that day-to-day looks like and feels like for you. So finding community, finding a trusted advisor, finding a coach, there's a lot of opportunities to really work with other people that will get where you're at in this phase of your life. And decision-making. Decision-making is so crucial. Because I I see this so often, especially when people are trying to decide what's my niche going to be? What kind of customers do I want to work with? People get stuck in analysis paralysis. And that is a big part of CEO mindset, making decisions and moving on. If it doesn't work out the way that you had expected it to, now you have a lesson to take from it and move on to the next decision. But making quick but informed decisions is a really crucial part of moving forward in your business. And that really comes down to CEO mindset. And then the other really big thing that comes to mind when you ask the question is schedule and the activities that you do to actually move the needle forward in your business. Again, there's nobody telling you 
these are your hours that you have to work. You need to set a schedule for yourself to make sure that you are actually putting time and effort into your business and really spending your time doing activities that are going to move the needle in your business, not spending hours of time putting together social media posts or, you know, scrolling through and commenting, like all of those components are important to your business, but scheduling time and really understanding how you're using your time And is it for client acquisition or is it doing things that are just helping you pass the time in your day, doing things that are feeling a little bit more comfortable for you that are in your zone of understanding, you know, spending an hour, two hours putting together a a Canva post. I see it all the time. Is that moving the needle for your business? Is it worthwhile trying to make it perfect or just deciding, okay, this gets the information across. Let's put it out there and move on. So those are some of the things that come to mind for CEO mindset, in addition to, again, going back to the fiscal responsibility of it and understanding your budget, because again, there's no finance department. You are now the finance department. So understanding your operating costs, what your financial goals are, how you're going to make them come to fruition, how to price your services or products. That's another big part of it. I had a VA one time tell me that I needed to stop doing things that a CEO wouldn't do because I was doing all those little things and I still am guilty of doing a lot of them, but they're things that I actually enjoy. I think it's really hard for people. At least it's been hard for me to say, okay, I'm going to pay someone to do this when I actually kind of like doing it, even though it may not be the best use of my time. So I think what you talked about as far as you know your schedule goes, it really is important to decipher what things that you like to do versus need to do versus should not be doing at all. And, you know, some of that tech stuff, like for me, forget about it. I don't want to do that. Could I create a funnel? Of course I could, but do I want to spend hours and hours doing it when it could take someone else a half an hour to do it? It just doesn't make sense. So that's where I think you said, schedule, budget, you have to be aware of those and you have to keep constant tabs on those. Yeah, no, absolutely. I know some people think about what is the first thing that I should invest in in my new business if I do have extra money. And I think a lot of people automatically go to VA, VA, someone who can do those little things. And I think that those are important. But if you can do them and there's another big part of your business that's actually going to help with client acquisition, like branding and marketing, I actually think that is worthwhile investing in initially. The VA stuff is you know, really helpful. As you were saying, I'm not into tech either. So building all of those things is time consuming and painful for me. So those are things that I definitely would invest in next after the marketing, because, you know, having someone create all of those things is great. But if you have no clients to put into those funnels, it's not moving the needle for you. So I get that question a lot. I have some extra money to start investing in my business while I'm in my nine to five. Where do I start? And kind of understanding where their zone of genius are. Maybe they have a marketing or, you know, a social media background or something that will be able to help them move the needle there. But if they don't, do the things, invest in the things that are actually going to acquire clients. You know, it might be choppy funnel. It might not be the perfect emails, but if you can do those things and marketing is something you can't do because it's just not a skill set of yours, that's where you invest your money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And you said something before about you help people build the foundation for their company, their business, so that they can leave their nine to five. And if you don't have that foundation, you're not going to be able to move forward. 
So yeah, I agree 100%. I think if there's anything you can't do to build that foundation, hire it out so that you're starting on the right foot. Because if you start on the right foot, you're going to have much more chance of success in the long term. Yeah. Okay. So Stephanie, I want to talk to you a little bit about managing time. You're growing this business and you're doing remarkable, but you also have a full-time job. So I would love for you to tell listeners, because I know that we do have listeners who are in the side gig industry and they are, you know, working both factors, trying to figure it all out until they can reach their dream and their goals. So I would love to have you talk a little bit about that. Just finding balance, I guess. Is there a balance? And if there is, how are you achieving that? So thank you for that question. Uh, No, there isn't balance. There definitely is not balance. What there is, though, is very intentional timing. I know where I want to put my time. So I can't say that it's balanced uh, perfectly in any area of my life, but I can say that every week when I schedule my time for my business, for my job, for my personal life, it's intentional. And there are some weeks where I don't have as much of a personal life. There are some weeks that I'm spending way more hours on my business because it's important to me and that's where my passion is. So I think the whole myth of work-life balance is, is just that. It is myth. I don't think you can have balance because that would indicate equality among all of your time to do all of the things that you want to do. And there really isn't going to be equality of time. This is definitely a time of hustle for me. Um, And it's such an important part of my life that it's worth the time that I'm spending to put it in. So I live and die by my planner. I am old school. I write it down. It is in my Google calendar as well. I have tried to automate some things. So uh, it's a little bit easier to track all of the time through things like Calendly, integrating that into my Gmail. So I do have some operational things in place to make it smooth. But I also, at the end of every day, look at my day for the next day in my planner. So I'm very clear when I wake up exactly what I'm doing for the day. I am in a nine to five. So like this recording right now is happening on what's going to be my lunch hour. You know, I'm squeezing in time in my day. And a lot of women specifically won't do that if they're in a nine to five. It's like, okay, I have my job. I can't spend time on my business during the day. Absolutely. But take your lunch hour. A lot of people don't do it. They just work through the day. You're entitled to that time. And that time is mine. And that time I'm spending here with you doing something to help move the needle in my business. I am very strict to my schedule uh, for myself. And, you know, there's some days I have to give myself grace. It just doesn't work out. But I spend time on my business every single day and it's on the calendar. And it's not just, you know, working on claim your career today. It's what am I actually doing? What activities do I need to do today to move the needle in my business? So I definitely think setting up automation things like Calendly has really helped with, you know, my clients being able to schedule on times that work for me around my schedule, but also not just planning time to say, okay, from the hours of seven to 10, I'm working on my business tonight. No, from the hours of seven to 10, I'm on Clubhouse, I'm creating my next email, I'm doing my posts for the next two days, whatever the actual activity is, is what goes in my planner. And that's been super helpful. And something else I just want to point out, because I think it's really important to hear, I'm single, and my son is grown. So my life circumstances are going to be different from those who have little kids. 
their time might be more limited. So that might be batching six hours of time on a Saturday or a Sunday, if need be. Perhaps during the week, there isn't as much time for you to pursue your dreams as I currently have. So I point that out because I think a lot of us get trapped in comparing ourselves to other people that maybe started their business at the same time or in the same wheelhouse of services. And everybody's starting point is very different. So yes, I'm spending four to five hours a day on my business right now, five to six days a week after my nine to five job because I have the flexibility to do that and not everybody does, but it is exhausting, but I'm okay with it because it's exciting to me and I have a really strong purpose and why. And I focus on that every day. I love that. And I really think that, as you said, being able to automate things makes things run more smoothly so that you don't have as many hiccups and headaches in the back end of your business. So your time is spent in more valuable ways that will move the needle forward on your business. And I love that you say, take the lunch break, because I know that several of my clients who they are working in their side gig, that's how we work. We fit it in or they fit in, you know, drafting something that they need me to review during their lunch break. And it works beautifully because they actually get the tasks done. But my question to you is listening to you. And yes, one of my questions that I was going to say is, okay, but I know because I know you that your son is older, he's grown and flown and you are single. So your life is different. And I was going to ask you, what about that mom who still has three kids at home and she's juggling it all? So I'm glad that you answered that before I even asked the question, because I think that's so important. And a lot of people are curious about that. And it is going to be a totally different ballgame. But I think what you've said and explained is that there are tools to help you manage it. And you can do it if you use your time wisely. But my question to you, Steph, is how do you prevent yourself from becoming burnt out? Is it the fact that you love this so much and you have that end goal to make this your 100% full-time career or like, how do you prevent yourself from being burnt out? Because I know you're working like 15 hour days. You've all heard me talk about the necessity to build a solid foundation for your business in order to have long-term success. As an entrepreneur, the core of that foundation is having a personal brand. So how much do you know about personal branding? Are you ready to find out? Just head over to therobingraham.com forward slash resources and take the personal brand IQ quiz. After you take the quiz and submit your answers, you'll have an opportunity to not only get your results, but to ask me any of your personal brand and business specific questions. I cannot wait to see what your results are. And even more important, I can't wait to have your questions come in so that I can help you grow your personal brand and that solid foundation for long-term success. Yeah. And I want to say that I have been that mom. When I had my first business, I was in college full-time. I was single, broke, teen mom. Like I was there. So I get those women who are like, I've got kids, I've got jobs, I've got things going on in life. I'm so busy. How do I make this happen? And truly, like for me at that time, it was graduating college and being able to work in my business independently and spend some much needed time with my son. I missed doing all of those things and pursuing that dream initially. 
and having that strong mindset. I didn't know it back then, but reflecting on it now is truly key. Like every day I was working towards my goal, not towards just getting through the day. Like I saw that big vision and there were days that were hard and there still are days that are hard now in these different circumstances all these years later. But I really, I have a vision board that travels with me so that I remind myself why it's so important to continue working so hard. And I have a daily routine that I stick to that really helps when I do start to feel exhausted in my body from all of the hours that I'm putting in mentally and physically. So I wake up every morning and do a meditation that really helps set and ground me for the day. And I set my morning intention. So I set an intention for my day every day, not just what I want to accomplish, but how I want to feel to make sure that I'm bringing myself back to my intention for today is to feel like I am listening to my intuition. I'm not getting caught up in all the stories I'm telling myself. And I want to feel fulfilled and at peace with the decisions that I made. So when I start to feel overwhelmed, I go back to my intention. That's right. This is how I want to feel. How do I get back to that place? And I put it on my Instagram stories every day, not to just put it out there to the world, to the universe, but to hold myself accountable because I am in my Instagram stories all day. So I remind myself it's a great visual cue for me. So meditation, setting my intentions, using affirmations, and then journaling. I journal every morning things that I am grateful for that I am affirming into my life. So these are things that have not yet happened that I'm already giving gratitude to as if they've already occurred. So I am grateful for, you know, earning X amount of dollars in my business this year. It has helped me to pursue my dreams of being able to travel abroad for six months, you know, whatever my personal dreams happen to be, I affirm them every day in my journal. And at the end of the day, I actually journal again for gratitude for things that actually did occur in my day. It could be small things. I could be grateful for this opportunity to have this time with you today and to share in this time that we haven't been able to catch up with. So that'll be something that I'm grateful for. And again, it just really helps ground me and center me and reduce overwhelm when I start to feel like there's so many things to do. There's so many things I actually did. And I want to feel grateful for all of the things I had in my day. So Those things all together really help reduce the burnout, help me keep me focused on my vision. And it should be different for everyone. You know, my morning and evening routines are not going to be the same as yours because you have to do things that are going to feel good for you. Not everybody can meditate and feel good about it. Um, Not everybody likes to journal. So that is something that I work really closely with my clients on because having those routines are not only so important for your business and making sure that you are doing things that move the needle in your business or your career, whichever that that is for you, but also helps keep you centered and focused for you personally. I love that you mentioned journaling and gratitude, especially because those are practices that I have. And I start every single day with both of those things. And what a world of difference that makes. Because even if it's something small, you know, I will literally have written in my journal that I'm grateful for a sharpened pencil. I mean, it can be something so little that gives you joy, right? But as long as you come back to that, you can prevent burnout because you can look at life with such different eyes. So there's a few more questions I want to ask you. I want to ask you about strategically leaving and planning that go from corporate, I want to ask you about Clubhouse. And I want to dive a little deeper into affirmations. Okay. Okay. So let's start with Clubhouse. 
I want you to tell me how you're using this tool because I know, you know, it's almost annoying. I get all these clubhouse. So-and-so starting a room. So-and-so wants to start a room. So-and-so invited you to a club, whatever. (laughs) So-and-so is now on clubhouse. I get all these notifications all the time, but it is an incredible platform. I don't go on there enough. And I know that because when I do go on, my Instagram followers grow. I've got messages. It's just this remarkable tool. And you are using it to the fullest. So I want you to tell the listeners, I don't think I've done a podcast episode on it. I did a blog post back when it first came out explaining how to use it, what the benefits are and things like that. But I didn't, I don't think I've done an episode about it. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about the benefits of Clubhouse and how you're using it to grow your business and get clients. Yeah, absolutely. I love this platform. For me, two-way communication has been so incredible. I've never uh, really embraced the one-way communication of all the, the other social media platforms. I do it. I show up. I really want to give value in any way that's going to reach my clients. So of course, I do all of the posts. I'll go on Facebook or Instagram lives. But to actually be able to have a conversation with anyone from around the world has been truly incredible. That's where you really can show up as your authentic self and just say what's on your mind, speak your truth, share your expertise. This is really kind of, I think also what separates people who really are experts in their industry, because you can't put up a post made by somebody else. This is your voice. You get an opportunity to really use your voice. So I do have a club on Clubhouse. It's being boss. And I created this club a couple of months ago and I host consistent rooms. And I do think that that is key. I want to say that it is a lot of administrative work to make sure that you have great co-mods to support the conversation, that you're creating rooms that people want to join in on and that you're promoting it. So it isn't different in, in any other social media platform in that way. Like you still have to put the work in, but once you get on, you just have an opportunity to talk and and speak with people and really meet them where they are and answer their questions in real time. And as you said, yes, it has really helped my Instagram follower account because you can connect your Instagram account right to Clubhouse so people can click in and I encourage them to do that. So when I'm hosting rooms, I host rooms twice a week and being boss. And then I co-mod in some of my other friends' rooms that I've met from around the world, which is just wild. You know, I host rooms on things about mindset in your career or business, and then really kind of get granular. Like tonight's room that I'm hosting is about growing your business on Clubhouse because so many people want to use that platform. So I try and give real conversational tools to um, people who are coming into the room. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into moderating a room. So anybody who's new to Clubhouse, I suggest that you go into rooms, listen, see how the vibe is for you, how it feels, and make sure that you're understanding what it is that you actually need to do before you start your own club or room, because there is a lot of administrative work. But it has really been wonderful for me. I've connected with clients on there, and that has really been where I'm spending a lot of my time. I will say the thing about Clubhouse is consistency with time is really, really important for people to get to know you. So you do need to have a lot of time to dedicate to the app. It's just like growing any other social media platform, but there's no way I would have gotten this many followers on any other social media platform. Like I have been on clubhouse because you go up, you speak, and people get to hear the real you, that you are legit, that you have things to share, that you can really support them. And it just doesn't work that way in so many other social media platforms. So if you are a new business owner or 
an existing business owner who's looking to use Clubhouse, I would say definitely figure out how you want to show up on the app. Use your time intentionally because there's rooms on every topic under the sun. It can easily be a time suck and put you down a rabbit hole going into rooms that are not going to be the intention that you set for yourself when you started on the app. Make sure that your room titles are compelling. If you decide to host a room, find people that are going to mesh with your personal vibe uh, to help you moderate the space. Make sure that you're promoting it and let people know who you are. A lot of people host rooms and then don't ever invite them to connect with them on Instagram or ask them, say, hey, you know, let's send each other a DM on Instagram and keep the conversation going because that's truly where the magic happens. And promote yourself. Like in my bio, I have in there my free CEO mindset workbook. So people know that they can connect with me there. Yes, it's a funnel. Anyone who's in the industry knows that that's a funnel, but it's also something that's really valuable. And somebody who's looking to really grow themselves into that leader, whether in corporate or in their own business, now has that resource. So also make sure that you're spending dedicated time. Like I said, every week I host two rooms. So everyone who follows my club knows that I'm going to have those rooms every week. I have people who come in regularly. It's been interesting since the Android users have come on, the number of rooms has exploded. So making sure that you have a posse, so to speak, of people to support you every week when you do host your rooms is important to keep that consistency and just keep showing up. The rooms have gotten a lot smaller because there are so many different room options. It doesn't matter. My very first client, there was seven people in the room. So I just want to put that out there to anybody who's feeling intimidated because now that there are so many users, you haven't missed the ball. It's not too late. You can still get on there and have huge impact for your business. You have to be consistent. You have to make sure that you are getting up on stages and speaking. Don't be just sitting in the audience and listening. Um, That doesn't do anything to help move the needle for your business. Remember why you're there. If you're nervous about speaking, my advice, do it scared. Everybody's nervous at first and you'll get better with practice. Yeah, I agree. It's funny because I've been in some of those big rooms and I was like, you know what? I can add value here. I'm going up on that stage. Yes, (laughs) yes. It's like nerve wracking, but yet exciting at the same time. So yes, I definitely encourage people to do that. And what is your handle on Clubhouse so people can find you if they're on Clubhouse? Yeah, it's at coach underscore Steph, S-T-E-P-H. Okay, so everybody go check her out, join her club, listen to her rooms. I know she provides value every single time she's there. Okay, so we just have a couple more minutes, but I want to dive into real quickly For those people who are listening that are in their nine to five and they are thinking about, or maybe they have a side gig going right now and they're thinking about transitioning from corporate to full-time entrepreneurship, tell us how to strategically determine when is the right time for that. What do we need to know to make that decision? Yeah. So I think number one, getting clear crystal clear on why you want to leave your nine to five is the very first step. People go right to the practical side of things. But if you don't have that strong sense of why you actually want to do your business, you will burn out. As soon as things get tough, you will fall by the wayside. You will start to question and doubt yourself. Having a really strong sense of why and surrounding yourself with that why is the really crucial first step. Um, The second thing is, again, fiscal responsibility making sure that you have the financial things in place. And I want to speak specifically to 
single people, whether you're a man or a woman, a lot of people get intimidated about the fact that if you leave your nine to five, you don't have a partner to help with the benefits side of things. We're in a space and stage and time that we have, you know, the affordable care opportunities available to us. These are things that we didn't have 20 years ago when I had my business, which is why I left my business to go into corporate was for the benefits. So you can do this with the right planning. You do not need to have a partner to leave your nine to five. I really want to stress that because so many people feel like they can't do this on their own. And I want to say that you can, you just need to make sure that you have a financial plan. So really getting clear on what your bills are that are required versus your wants. So your needs versus your wants, getting clear on what that looks like every month, making sure that you have extra spend for those unexpected events. You know, you need four new tires on your car. So having that emergency fund available, but then also having a business budget plan available too. A lot of people automatically think about, okay, well, this is how much I need to pay my bills every month, but they're not considering, oh, I'm going to need operating costs and money to invest in advertising and all of the marketing and whatever you need to do for your business. And it's going to look different for everyone based on what type of business you have and how much your operating costs are. But having that in place too, and having a solid six months of your needs budget a cushion for your once budget because you have to still be able to live your life in a way that feels good. And having a business budget before you step out of corporate is really, really important. And then making sure that you are really clear on having a business plan and what that looks like when you step out of your nine to five and you're often pursuing your business. So what benchmarks do you need to have in place to know that you have steady income coming in and now is the right time? So not just the budget in place, but momentum in your business. Oh my gosh, such great tips. I love it. And I love that you address the fact that, because I've often thought of that and I've said that numerous times, I'm so fortunate to have my husband in his job. I don't have to fret about, you know, insurance or healthcare or anything because we have that through his business. So I feel like I've been so blessed, but I think it's something that a lot of people have deep concerns about. So I'm glad you addressed those. And I love that you say it's possible. Like there should be nothing that holds you back because if you have a dream, if you have a goal and you really want to do something and your why is pulling at your heartstrings so hard, then you can do it. So I love that. Okay, really quick stuff. I would love to have you because I know affirmations are very, very important to you. And I think some of us, me included, like I'm not good at making them. Like I'm getting so much better because through my journaling practice and anytime I have a negative thought, I transfer that over to a positive so that I can then write that down and that becomes an affirmation for me. But can you just tell the listeners and me, a little bit about how you create your affirmations so that they're effective and not just something that is, eh, well, I'll write this down because it sounds good. Yeah. It's a great question because a lot of people hear about affirmations, but it's like, okay, I'm going to write it down. And then what now? So number one, coming up with what it is that you want to say, I think is, you know, it seems easy, but you can even just Google if you have an idea of how you want to feel and what you're trying to manifest into your life. If you're really stuck, 
Google affirmations, there's a million of them out there, or you can check mine uh, out on Instagram. I have a whole in my highlight section affirmations just to start to get the ball rolling for you. But it has to be really, really personal and something that you strongly want to feel. So it's not just enough to write it down once you've discovered what it is. You have to say it and feel it in your body. So for me, I'm a visual person. If I don't see it in front of me, it's going to be out of sight, out of mind. So For me, it's sticky notes in different places of where I am, you know, the kitchen, the office, on my laptop, wherever it's going to be. Even on my phone, I have a word for the year and it's it's my background on my phone. So having visual cues because I'm a visual person is important. When I see it, I pause, I read it out loud, I close my eyes, I see it in my body, I feel it in my body. Like I, it really has to have some meaning behind it. It can't just be something that you say just to say. So I think that that's really important about affirmations and they have to be really personal. For me, because I'm such a planning oriented person, I really, as I'm scheduling my things out for the week in my planner, I really want to put down some affirmations on how I want to feel and what do I want to accomplish this week. So if I have a really bad day, I'll bring in some new affirmations to help reinvigorate myself on things I might be personally struggling with or any limiting beliefs that come up. But I actually set my affirmations for the week and I try and be consistent with those every week because consistency is another big part of it. So saying it once, even if you're saying it with all the meaning in your heart, isn't enough. It has to be repeated um, to make sure that it is, again, something that is just so ingrained in your body and your mind that you no longer need to see the post-it note. It's just something that's living and breathing now inside your body. That's how affirmations work. It's not going to magically bring anything into your life. It's going to give you the feeling that whatever you're trying to bring in is possible and you are in the active pursuit of it. Oh gosh, I love that. That's fabulous. Thank you for clarifying that because I think it's a question that a lot of us have. Stephanie, this has been amazing. We unpacked so many different things, concepts, and I'm just, I'm so thrilled to share this because I think it's going to help so many people on so many different levels. It doesn't matter if you're in corporate. It doesn't matter if you're in corporate with a side gig. It doesn't matter if you're a full-on entrepreneur. There's so much value that you just shared with us. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It was so great catching up with you and I'm excited to hear the podcast. Great. Thank you. It gave me so much joy to share Stephanie's story with all of you. I am so happy for her and just elated that our work together has produced the results for her that it has. If you're interested in achieving the same results that Stephanie has or getting your business set up with a solid foundation so that you can have success sooner than later and set yourself up for long-term success, just go to my website, therobingraham.com. We can set up a free brand strategy assessment You just hit the orange button that's front and center on the homepage, and we can get that scheduled so that we can talk about what your goals and dreams and aspirations are and see how I can help you be able to achieve all of those things sooner than later. You're not meant to do this alone. It's overwhelming. It's frustrating, and it can take 10 times longer than necessary. When I work with my clients, I share every single thing I know, and I give you the templates, and I give you the formats, and everything you need so that you can just sit back and take it all in and do things as you're ready and do things with 
accountability in place so that you don't procrastinate. You actually get them done so that your business can get off the ground and moving forward faster. So if you're interested, just go to therobingraham.com and right there will be that orange button. Just click it and I will get to talk to you soon. And that's a wrap, friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. That would mean the world to me. If you know someone who could use the information shared today, please share the episode with them too. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Lastly, if you'd like more information on personal branding and brand marketing strategies, be sure to join my email list and the Female Entrepreneur Insider Facebook group. We are there every week with tips and trainings to help you build a solid foundation for brand and business success. And don't forget, on the website, you can find a plethora of free resources. Go to therobingraham.com forward slash resources and download any of the free resources that I have created to help you build a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact. Until next time, remember to smile.